Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. This ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go on, Surname FC! All right, what is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores. Host of Insert MFC, and along with me, as always, is my best friend and other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hello there, guys. So here we are, episode 11. And okay, I gotta just say this because this like just happened today. Well, maybe it's been going on in a while, but it just literally <laughs> happened today. Um, Brian Reynolds bought a soccer team. That's awesome. I find that awesome because he's one of my favorite uh, actors. So, so, so what would you say? Deadpool bought a soccer team or would you say Van Wilder bought a soccer team? Deadpool. Van Wilder is too old now. Yeah, but Van, I mean, that's, I think when you think of Ryan Reynolds, obviously, I automatically well, think now you Deadpool. think of Deadpool. But I mean, like when we grew like growing up, we thought of him, he's Van Wilder. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know. Um, to me, Ryan Reynolds is just going to be the asshole who every girl wanted to be with. And he was with Scarlett Johansson. So he, at that point, was my hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I always think of Ryan Reynolds, I also think of that one gif, the gif from uh, Smoking Aces. You know, when he puts the head down. Yeah. The, the, I'm sure nobody knows where that gif comes from. Because, I mean, there's some people that just straight up just don't know where some of these yeah, names come from. Yeah. But then I mean, you go, oh, that gift with the guy, and you're like, I mean, which one? The one where he's like disappointed. Would you say Smoking Aces is a very memorable movie? No, it, but it's it's a good movie. I liked it. But it's a movie it's, that you forget people were in. Like, you know, what was the Aces? Who was the, the um? What's his name? Um, I think what's his name? I know he plays Ari Gold in Entourage. Uh, I haven't seen Entourage, so I can't. I can't honestly say it for all the Entourage people out there. I'm so sorry. Entourage. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so yeah, I ha- I will get around to it. It's just I've been I've been watching so much other sh- 
God, what is his name, man? Now, now it's gonna bother me if I don't. You're gonna, you're looking it up right now, aren't you? Yes, because then it's gonna bother you. And I don't. Probably want also to. gonna bother you. Nah, but uh, no, but that movie had like Alicia Keys was in it, Common was in it. Um, it was actually quite like it had quite the list of of actors in that movie. Honestly. Yeah. Um, is that my, uh, Chris Pine? Star Trek? No? Entourage? No. Wait, Chris Entourage. P- Chris Pine, dude. Chris Pine is... Ray Liotta, right? No? No. no. Ray, no. Liotta, Ray Liotta was in that movie, though. No, Ray Liotta was from Goodfellas. No, but he's... he's oh, okay, yeah. He's from Goodfellas. But um, was it, he wasn't on Smoking Jason Man. Bateman. No, not Jason Bateman. Who am I thinking of? Just Holy look shit. up Smoking Aces. I don't know. I who. did. Not, like not, first... one of, not one of them says Ace. They all have names, like actual names. Just list the names. Uh, Buddy Israel? No. Jack Dupree? No. Stanley Locke? No. Darwin Tremor? No. Rupert Reed? No. Pistol Pete Deeks? No. Hollis Elmore? No. Lazio Suits? Scoot? No. Yeah, Suit. Oh, this is not the first name. Sir Ivy? No. Primos Barraza? No. Chiefs Tremor? No. Lester Tremor? No. Beanie? No. Wayne Newton? (laughs) Sorry. Hugo Crew? This is a great start for the show, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's on here. If anything, I'm already to the point where it's like FBI agent number three. He's supposed to be, he's aces. He's literally he's like Richard the, Messner. No. That's Ryan Reynolds. I'm literally. You're, li- you're naming the characters? Yes, not their actual names. No, the, the list of the fucking actors. <laughs> okay. Ryan Reynolds, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. That was the second name there. Buddy Israel was the guy's name. Look, man, it's been a long time since oh I watched the movie. I thought, you were, I thought you were literally naming the actors in the movie. And I'm like, no! I've never heard any of these fucking names in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the guy who brought up Smoking Aces. But let's move on, shall we? Bro, because Ryan okay, Reynolds... I only watched like, Smoking Aces maybe like twice in my life. But I was just saying that like, just because Ryan Reynolds... like, I, We're talking about the gift. We're talking about the Ryan Reynolds gift. And somehow yes. we... Anyways, Smoking Aces was actually a pretty interesting movie. It's not one of those movies where I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it every single day, but like, if it's on USA, I might watch it. Right. And Is that my, like a very accurate term? And my bro here, he, he can actually vouch for that of the whole watching the, uh, the movie every day because apparently he hasn't even watched this since it first came out, apparently. What? Smoking Aces? Yeah. Last time I saw it was like 2011. Yeah. Well, okay, so five years after it came out, but still, like, I would have figured you would have had that in mind. I mean, I was just referring to the GIF. All of a sudden, I just started thinking about that movie, but anyways. Just because I thought about the movie doesn't mean I regularly watch Smoking Aces. Who who regularly watches Smoking Aces? If anybody watches regularly uh, Smoking Aces... Please leave a comment or send a message to our Insert FC Instagram. Thank you. Insert FC Instagram, is that what it's called? What do you want me to do? Read Follow us on Twitter on Instagram at Insert Ah, there you go. At, I forgot about the at. You didn't even put the insert name. You said Insert FC. I know. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm beat. All right, man. So, but anyways, congratulations, Ryan Reynolds, for owning a fifth division soccer yeah. team. Yeah. 
hey, that's a step up, bro. That's a step. That's hey, a first step. They're going to be on FIFA. That would be awesome. And then yeah, that would be cool. Fourth division. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So next thing you know, you'll be playing with, I think it's called Rexham. Mm-hmm. It already sounds badass, by the way. <laughs> I hope their uniform is like the Deadpool uniform. That'd be pretty cool. You would have to do it, right? I mean, you would think. I feel like you would do it. But let yeah, see, let me see what's the like the actual name of the. Uh, yeah, Rexham. Rexham. Rexham AFC. Oh, that's pretty. That sounds pretty badass. That's a. That's what I'm saying. It's a badass name, Rexham. That's Rexham. Next <laughs> Rexham AFC. You know, like they gonna kick that man. How much you want to bet that he literally bought that team because of the name? Uh, could be. It's a good selling point. Yeah. It's like Rexham sold. Yeah, pretty much. You don't want to hear. I'm pretty sure if he, he saw that a team had the name of ass or kick ass, he would probably buy that that one. <laughs> or even like Deadpool United and like the sixth, fifth division or something. You, I think he would probably jump at that. Would, is it? Would you think there's a team called Deadpool United? I there is a Blackpool. I, I mean, I know, I know there, there's, a, I know there's one in the um, Sunday leagues and indoor leagues that I play in. So. That's 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 not surprising at all. Yep. All right. Anyways, Edward. So, getting into this uh, show, could you tell me a, a favorite player of yours from a team you hate? Well, I respect the team, Real Madrid, but of course, I don't like them. But I, they have various players that I do like, and one of them is actually uh, Isco Alarcón. Okay. And the dude was to me is like a midfield maestro. He has that killer dribble, and you know me, me and dribblers like that's that's my shit right there, bro. Like I I, I do that shit, so it's like it's it's something I I like to see. It's it's, it's a um, he has that that playing style that catches your attention, catches your eye, you know. And even if it's just a simple touch, he still has a little flair to it. Little, little, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just nice. Agree. It's nice. I mean, I personally would love to see him more playing for Real Madrid. I mean, <clears> Barcelona. <throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> okay. All right. For me, uh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to look at a club at Chelsea. And honestly, Timo Werner. Okay. He's a really good player. I mean, yeah. He's versatile. He, he's, he, I mean, had a, had a pretty good international break. Yep. So, I mean, you know, he's obviously the future of Germany. And I think, you know, Chelsea was really smart of being able to snatch that guy, especially when this guy was heavily linked to Liverpool. Yeah. And could you imagine if Liverpool would have... Bro, Liverpool would have been... They're, they're, they're already stacked. So, imagine having him there. I mean, what happened? What do you do with Roberto Firmino at that point? Well, they already. I mean, he hasn't. It's been a while since I've seen him actually score a goal. Like, let me. It's, let me put it's, this way. it's really back hard to, to say back. that because when you got Mane and you got well, that's Salah. that's what I'm saying. Like, you well, got Salah and Mane scoring goals, and well, then also well, when well, Alves, there's some injuries now for well, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, there's some injuries now. So well, it's gonna be <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting what what uh, Liverpool does, but yeah. No, yeah, for sure. For me, Timo Werner. I, I mean, I kind of didn't want to pick him just because he hasn't played. He, you know, obviously, he's in his first season with Chelsea, but... You could, I, you could have chosen Kai Havertz. 
But you can make the same argument for him too, because I mean, he hasn't. Really, he just came into Chelsea. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been playing more, and I think he actually. Uh, no, no, I agree. I just think like I feel like maybe getting a, a player that's probably been with the team a little bit more, more affiliated with the team. Right, right. Because if I if that's if if I want to put it like that, then I think the player that I, I would maybe argue as well. Um, and, and I would probably say Theo Griezmann, you know, and uh, Theo Griezmann. <laughs> oh, Antoine Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann. No. And that's even with this time at Atletico Madrid. I mean, he was both in, yeah, he was in, in Atletico Madrid and in Barcelona. killer in Atletico Madrid. I mean, right now he's, but I feel like the killer is like silent. He's doing the stealth thing right now. But in Atletico Madrid, that dude was insane. So, yeah, so, I mean, he was always just a thorn to the side, but, I mean, you respected his game. Obviously, you, you knew he was a big part of that that golden era of, of France. Mm-hmm. And so... He's got a World Cup under his belt, so, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, if if if, if they if they can uh, not live up to the, the expectations of what happens after every team that's won the World Cup, which is not get out of the group stages... Which I think France has a really strong chance of passing the group stages if they go to the World Cup. We gotta wait till the uh, World Cup. So. Yep. But I definitely think that they could probably end the cycle of that. Could be. Could we, thought be. It, we thought it was gonna be Germany. Well, the thing. Well, the thing is, with if you notice, they ended up using the same squads as they did in the World Cup, and that's what brought them down. That's exactly but what the difference fucked it up. between Germany and Spain. Is the, and Italy is the fact that that is a really young French team. Yeah, that's that's what I was about that's, to say. You know, you have Mbappe. Griezmann might be the older one. Um, Pogba probably be pushing thirty. Conte is probably not going to be. Fat. Yeah, Conte. If Conte comes back, you might be see like, Kamavinga. You, know, you might. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you still got you still got um, some decent age players. So I mean, you still got uh, you have you have some you guys have, pushing thirty, you but you'll have like some guys there. You have the Hernandez brothers. Yeah, I mean uh, Theo, Hern- Theo I mean, Hernandez, and then uh, Lucas. Lucas Hernandez también. Was it Lucas that? Yeah, Lucas was the one that played in the World Cup. Yeah, Theo was the one that wasn't. Theo uh, was either injured at the time, or they they, they just he didn't, didn't call him. Right, and then I mean, you got um as a goalkeeper, you got Hugo Llores. I don't know who would be his sub. If anything happens, there is a young French. There, actually, there's two young uh, French goalkeepers that I think that definitely can take that mantle. But I think Oyer is. I mean, like I said, with goalkeepers, you want the experience and the age. I mean, hopefully he's done getting DUIs uh, yeah. Oyer's. But I mean, like, uh, I mean, he still has it. He still has it, man. All right, man. So we have a. Uh, well, I'll say a pretty normal show, like always, but obviously we got some headlines. We're going to recap some games. We're going to preview the League MX playoffs. So last week, obviously, we previewed the MLS Cup playoffs. Right, right. This week, we're going to preview the League MX playoffs and kind of explain to you guys how that is going to go down. Um, obviously, give you guys our, our thoughts on that. Of course, do our Players of the Week, do some game previews, and then wrap things up now with a new segment. We are no longer doing... Would you rather just because like, oh, people got ideas for would you rather. Um, So now we're doing a new segment. It's called Three Up, Three Down, which we'll break it down. We'll we'll explain it once we get to near the end of the show. 
yeah, so pretty good show for episode 11. The Michael Royce episode. Okay. What? Come on, it's Rose. I mean, he's a good player. I'm not saying that. Uh, just, I feel like you got to do it for legends. I mean, Ronaldo and Messi. Okay, who would be your 11 legend? I I would, we, we talked about this last week. I mean... There's not that many players that like that like I hold in high regard with the number eleven. You could you could say it was Ozil for a brief moment. Yeah, but I'm, he's, a, he's a number ten to me. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's a ten in my eyes. But uh, I'm still sticking with. Um, I mean, you could say old school you, Neymar. You can't say you can't put Ozil over over Messi. No, oh no, and Neymar's a ten. Neymar's gonna be a ten. No, okay. <laughs> oh, but that's what I'm saying. Like Marco Rose, he's been number eleven for the longest time for Borussia Dortmund. No, I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, you can't just dedicate an episode to just any player. No offense, but Mark, I, once again, would you put him up there with Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Messi? He's the one that's carrying Dortmund. Once again, would you put him up there with Messi and Ronaldo? Is they are they? Is he in the goat conversation? Is what I'm saying. No. Then thank you. No, my goat is Brad Davis. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, he's Houston royalty, okay? Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, man. Before so we let's... start a long two-hour conversation about why I feel Michael Roy is better than Brad Davis, but okay, let's go. I'm not arguing with it. I'm just saying I don't think we should dedicate an episode to somebody. It's, it's not in the goat conversation. Let's, let's move on. Anyways, so let's go, start out with some headlines, man. So the first headline. And this is a player that you're fairly familiar with. Yep. Javi Mascherano has announced his retirement. Oh, my God. Which is crazy to think because I thought this dude already retired. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, I think he was playing in the Argentinian League. Either in Argentina, somewhere in South America. I know Brazil or Argentina. Not entirely sure where. Mm. But he announced his retirement after 17 years of playing the professional game. He has hung it up. And, I mean, the dude's resume is just... It's I mean, stacked. it's stacked. Uh, one Argentina league title, one Brazilian league title, five La Liga titles, five Copa de Reyes, two Champions Leagues, two FIFA Club World Cups, and two Olympic gold medals, obviously representing Argentina. Yep. And I mean, with, uh, with Barca, I mean, I still remember when he, he did that change where he was a center defensive mid and then he ended up changing it up to center back. And I was like, <laughs> what in the hell? Uh, if you'll excuse me that's uh, my compadre over here I think he drank water and he somehow managed to get it through the wrong uh, yeah he's now he's choking on it okay I'm alive <laughs> uh, you were saying but yeah um, so with Mascherano switching over from CDM to CB that was actually a, especially at his height at his height yeah bro I was like Oh, are you kidding me? He's not gonna be able to get the hairballs. He's not, he's not gonna be. He's not gonna be able to get the hairballs. But he he did. He did. And I mean, to me, I, I mean, that he also he was, made he made some world some FIFA World Best Elevens. He's and that's saying once again playing center back. And I mean, to me, I felt that he represented more of what Barcelona needed in a defensive positioning than yeah, you Piquet, definitely than Piquet. You, you like, definitely liked it, especially you're, you're talking about it. This is one of those guys that, once again, that I praise Barcelona for for how smart they are with their purchases because obviously Mascherano they was... They got him from Liverpool. Liverpool. So this is 
once again, when when Barcelona does choose to spend, yeah, they spend it very wisely. Back in the day, obviously, we're you know, ah, don't remind me. Now you have like I don't know how many fucking wingers they got now. Whatever happened to Malcolm? Like I remember he's he was still there. I think I remember that was like the big signing at one point. Like oh, we got this big bright. Yeah, but he's like, he was like a center center mid as well. I think. I think he was a winger. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, well, anyways. But yeah, so, I mean, Mascherano, I think, is somebody that you, you have to respect his game for. I mean, it's crazy to think how long he's played um, yeah, and, and, and how how many teams he's played for. He's, as well. a, he's a hustler, dude. Like, he doesn't he doesn't want to let go of the ball. Like, he, he wants to make sure that hole either does not get into goal or he'll shoot it out, or he'll try to carry oh, he himself. Was so de- like, it, it, he knew he how to defend. It. Yeah, he was. He knew. He knew how to do it. It didn't take him long to pick it up quick. Like being, I guess, being a center defensive mid, like Busquets. I think you put Busquets at center back, he'll get, you know, he'll get bodied hard. But Bastiano, he held it on his own. And for his size, that's like the other thing. Just, just having to keep bringing that up. But it, once again, you know. Just because you know people prefer a player at a certain height doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a better player. Mascherano yeah. is like that that definition that it, it's uh, was it that exception to the rule? Exception to the rule, but it's like it's about to find a dog, not the size of the dog, or something like that. Yeah, and honestly, I actually felt that he best represented. Uh, I know this is kind of like maybe a hypocrite thing to say, but I felt like he represents him more of what Pique should be. Whenever Puyol left, oh, I, I agree. I mean, I think Puyol was always, obviously like a big loss um, for Barcelona when he retired. But yeah, but somebody had to step up. Somebody had to step up, and the sad truth was that Mascherano did step it up, and you would expect Piqué to step it up. But I guess Piqué was still having that mentality of like, I still need a mentor kind of shit. And even now, I still feel that he plays that way. I think the Barcelona back line is something that. Not necessarily the fullback position, but the, the center back pairing is still something that needs some work on. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that's that's Barcelona's issue. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, congratulations to Javi Mascherano. Uh, amazing great career. career. Amazing career. I mean, that, honestly, you can you can hold your head up high with with that career. So I don't I don't think anybody can argue with that one. All right. So the next headline: Paul Pogba is voicing out his frustration. Say what? Yeah, he he basically is saying that he is not happy with his playing time at Manchester United. Um, even was saying that he, how happy he is when he goes to get when he gets his call ups to go play with France. He called it a breath of fresh air when he gets to go represent France. Wow. Um, he he was talking. He had a, an interview. He was mentioning that he was speaking to Rafael Varane and another French player. I think it was Conte. How. Maybe it wasn't content, or maybe Griezmann. I think it was Griezmann. So they were talking about like, man, we got such a great team here in France. Like, you know, just hyping up the whole, what, what, the future of what France is looking like. And I mean, obviously it's only getting any better, especially when you still have, I mean, Mbappe is what? He's 21. He's 21. So I mean, like, so I mean, that France looks like they, like the road is like looking pretty good for them for right now. But, uh, I mean, you know he's having his frustration. Obviously, he's he's been constantly linked with with Real Madrid for a while now. Um, obviously, Zinedine Zidane is also eyeing Pogba as well. But 
how does that feel for like Manchester United knowing that like your your big marquee sign, your your big all this money was put into this guy, and he just kind of seems like he's done with it. Well, I mean, the the thing is, Manchester United has to show something in order for you to. You get what I'm saying? It's sometimes not even about the money. Like I'm pretty sure they can offer him a higher sum of pay, and I'm pretty sure he'll take it. But I, I'm damn sure he's tired of just being in the middle of the table, not being able to win anything at all. He sees the other teams take it, you know? And so to him, it's just kind of like a slap in the face, especially of a player of his caliber. I mean, you're coming from Juventus, and he won championships with Juventus. And he ended up leaving a lot of of people that he considered really close. Not only that, but I remember remember for the long time with Juventus, he was the number six. Like, that was his number. Yeah. And then literally the year he switches to 10, he goes to Manchester United. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a, not a, not a fuck you, but it was more of like, you know, hey, they're offering me this, but so what can you do to match it? And they didn't match it. So they do you were, think it was the money or was it the opportunity to go back to the club where he played in the youth academy? I think he thought that he was making the right choice. I think he saw some players that he was like, oh, you know, maybe I can play with him. And then also it's the EPL. And you don't have any challenges in the Italian league right now or at the time. So he was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's like, I'll go to EPL. If I win a championship here, that kind of puts a really good, you know, mark on my resume. But sad to say for somebody of his caliber to just not be able to get anything like that. I agree, man. It's just kind of fresh. I mean, as a player, when you when you do make those big moves, I mean, especially leaving a club as successful as Juventus, a club that you know, yes, maybe their league isn't necessarily the the has the allure of an EPL, but definitely, you know, this team's going to be in the conversation when you start talking about Champions League, um, and you choose to leave that to go to such a big question mark in Manchester United, and. Yeah, and at the time, they weren't even properly cemented. Like, there was no foundation. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're still rushing around to find a head coach. Like, so far, it's been, I don't know how many coaches already. The closest one they had to actually keeping him for a while was, what, Mourinho? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't, it, honestly, ever since Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson left, I mean, Manchester United hasn't really been the same. Nope, he hasn't. It's so funny because we're like, man, he was really good at, you know, buying players, at managing the team. He was the one that inspired confidence. And for somebody like that to go ahead and be like, um, I'm leaving this in the capable hands of David Moyes. Yeah, yeah the and fact like, that he, he had chose his successor and his successor was, well, kind of his makes successor you was a flop. Yeah, I was like, kind of makes you wonder about his decision as far as managerial. Decision, uh, dude. Like but, sometimes it makes me wonder what he has done in life, like outside of soccer. But I mean, you got to remember what Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, when he came into Manchester United, it wasn't necessarily like he was like, oh, right away, Manchester United was like the successful team. It was. No, it took, of course, it took work. But he, he built his foundation. But the thing with him, though, I can actually safely say, he provided confidence. He he, he was a he was a player coach. I don't think there was actually a player that hated him. 
No, I, I completely agree. Like every I mean, man you respected him. And even if you probably had a little beef with him, he was a bigger man. He was a big man. He was like, you know what? Let's talk it out. Let's have it out. I don't think he ever has any um, bad intentions or any any bad feelings towards any player that was ever in his team. And he was so good with his signings. I mean, always, always in the conversation of getting that next young. Well, he player. got Beckham. He got Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and the same year that he signed Cristiano Ronaldo, I think he was Nani as well. Both Portuguese players. So I mean, they were fucked together. They were fucking good. Like, I mean, he he saw something in Chicharito. I mean, like yeah. the guy had a good eye for talent. I mean. You can't take that away from him, but obviously... He's not talent off the field. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously David Moyes and then Van Gaal and then Mourinho, and now you have Ogana. Well, I mean, Mourinho, I feel like he he just needed a little bit more time and, honestly, more players. Uh, who was the one that bought Fellani? Was that Moyes? That was Moyes. Oh, God. That was, yeah. I still say that's the worst signing. Yeah, it's, def- it's yeah. definitely number one. <laughs> was so bad. Because, I mean, obviously Van Gaal came and then you had players like Memphis Depay. He he was one of his... Like, he, you saw a lot of Dutch players being brought in. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I think they just... You know, didn't... you know who I haven't seen? Vanderbeek. That was their big signing. That was a big signing and yet silent. Yeah. So I can, I mean, I can, to kind of go back to Paul Pock, but I mean, to kind of go back to it, I can understand the frustration and I can see where, you know, he's getting called up with France, this team that has so much potential, this team that he's, he's regularly, he obviously he's a, he's a focal point of the team. Um, and then he has to go back to Manchester United where he's just a player. He's just there. And, and I mean, to maybe some Man U fans just seeing this guy's basically just, you know, Cashing in his check <laughs> once a week. I mean, that's all. All you really that he has going for him right now is like he, he's not playing. Well, I mean, at least he's getting paid. Is kind of his mentality at this point. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. Like, you know, shit. If they offer him more money, maybe he'll stay. He'll stay in the same caliber. It's just I feel that he needs somebody to spark something in him for him to start playing like he was. Yeah, I just don't think the motivation is there. I think, I mean, I think his eyes are set on going on his next. Yeah, and then, and then to, for everybody on that team, somebody has to like step in and actually show them the motivation, show them that spark, show them what they need to do in order to actually boost up Manchester United. I mean, look, I mean, look with Jordan Klopp. He, he, he's that type of coach. Yeah, but is there a manager right now that you think could do that? Uh, not right now. What did you know? Oh God! I, I wonder how long we could go with these with Pochettino jokes, knowing that this guy's still available. I mean, he wants the Real Madrid job. He's made it clear, like he. I mean, he wants to go to Real Madrid. I don't think he's going to Real Madrid, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I just mm-hmm. no. Right now, there is some frustration with Zidane, but I, I think I think right now they should just. I think everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. All right. Kind of sticking with the EPL, but kind of some with La Liga. Cruz and Aubameyang are having some beef. 
which is probably, honestly, when you think of two grown men, this is probably by far the dumbest thing to have. And to be honest, Cruz is probably not really caring about it. But the fact that Obama responded, I'm like, who fucking cares? Like, I think that's my that's my take from the the whole argument to begin with. I I honestly don't really care either. Like, it's just it's just a childish argument. So in a in a in a podcast because I, I, Tony Chris has a podcast and I don't know if you guys want to listen to it because I think it's in German. So unless you speak German, I mean, please don't get offended by that. Please don't. All right. So Cruz said that he found choreographed celebrations as silly and even pointed out. He actually specifically pointed out Obama, who when at one time he scored a goal. And he went to the sideline and someone had a mask for him, put the mask on. It was a Black Panther mask, um, you know, for his goal celebration. And he did the Wakanda for everything. Um, he said that it was silly and that it was just nonsense. Once again, that's his opinion. I know some people are per- very fond of celebrations. I know there's people that love celebrations. It's, it's a, it's a, it's like, it, it's whatever. Like some people are going to have a side on it. Some people are, are are going to be against it. And then you have people like you and me that just don't fucking care. I don't care. I'll celebrate it. I won't celebrate it. Don't matter to me. You know what? With me, though, it just depends on the situation. So, like, if we're if we're down three to nothing and we score a goal, I'm not celebrating. Like, I mean... I'm taking the ball out of the net and running back to the mid. Yeah, that, that's kind of my mentality. But if we're, like, shellacking this team, I'm having fun. I guess... I, I agree with you, man. But anyways... So Obama ends up responding, um, and he was saying that how the reason why he puts the mask, well, first of all, he says that Tony Cruz probably doesn't have kids. He does have kids, but he probably doesn't have kids because apparently that's the argument for him because obviously his son, um, it's like something with that him and his son have that like he, he likes to, like he wants his dad to wear masks when he scores goals. Yeah. Which of superheroes. So is this like kind of like to make Tony Cruz feel like a dick? Maybe, but Tony Cruz clearly does have children. And I mean, just because this is one of those things, like, it just didn't need to be said anything. Even Ozil ends up saying something like saying, no, I love that, I love that goal celebration. Like, keep doing it. But once again, this is kind of like either you're with it or you're not. Me, I just don't care. But the fact that the, the fact that Obama took the time to rebuttal with Tony Cruz. And honestly, I don't think Tony Cruz was. Specifically saying that he was silly and he was not that he was doing nonsense. I just think that he was saying people celebrating goals in a in a choreographed way is just to him is not for him. Yeah, because I mean, if, if Tony Cruz celebrates, I think all he does is jump in the air and do the fist pump up in the air and just kind of stand there and wait for everybody to come hug him. I think he does the fist pump. But yeah, actually, I think he, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just an opinion. I don't know why Obama decided to. I guess the fact that he he specifically pointed out Aubameyang could have been the reason why. But, I mean, like, at the end of the day, who cares? Like, who just cares? Right. All right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Yes, all right. Now, let's get going with some game recaps. Edward, what is your game to recap? My game to recap is the USA versus Panama game. Panama. 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 Um, Panama. Panama. Um, uh, that, it was a, how do you say, how do you say, shellacking? 
shellacking? I think it was a shellacking. It was a four goal difference. Uh, six to two, actually. USA showed up today with this new squad, which um, it was uh, USA was already winning three. Oh, and I believe it was a 30 minutes. No, 2 0. Was it 2 0? No? On the first 30 minutes. You guys want the actual, like, I did have it on the Instagram story when the game was played on Monday. But, anyways, so Panama scored the first goal. Oh. So they scored the first goal. It was kind of like just took the team off surprise. Um, definitely, like, even though this was a really good performance for the, 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 for, for USA, like, it was such a good game for them. Yeah. But there still needs some work to do because obviously this is against Panama. No offense to Panama, but you know, like they did draw with Wales, and that was without Gareth Bale. So I mean, they need to definitely take take that take that win with some pride, but obviously know that hey, man, we still got work to do because they're not perfect yet. I mean, obviously we're not expecting them to be perfect just yet because they are a young and first time playing with each other for for hopefully what's going to be for a long time. So. It, 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 they definitely got some work, but obviously they scored a goal. And then after that, like USA just opened the floodgates and started scoring their goals as well. Yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, great performance for the USA, man, honestly, for this game. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was, it was, it was refreshing to see this. It gives me hope for the future. This is, this is what you need to see. Like USA needs to be like, well, they're supposed to be Panama. Mm-hmm. So this is what you want to see. I mean, obviously the last time that, USA played Panama. They they won one to nothing, and now here they are with this new look of of US players, and they got out there and just destroyed uh, Panama six to two. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I was really surprised. Um, what was it? Um, Plus, a lot of guys scored their first. Goal. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I was about to say that. Like um, USA had. What sixty one of the procession? They they freaking outshot them almost by double, like uh, fifteen shots to eight. Mm-hmm. And um, what Gio Reyna scored? Uh, how do you say his name? Nicholas Giacchini. Giacchini. And then Sebastian Soto and Leglet. Legle, Legle, Legle. Oh god, legit. I'm so tired. So I just got Sebastian say, Legit. Sebastian Legit. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Becky G made some. I'm pretty sure Becky G tweeted out when when Sebastian scored his goal. Oh, you know, she got to stand by her that man. Should have been me. <laughs> yeah, but you're not playing for the U.S. Men's National Team. No, uh, if only I started sooner and with the fundamentals. If you want, we can start a soccer team and we just put U.S. Men's National Team. In. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure we can't just name it Insert FC? Insert name FC. You keep forgetting the name part. Ah, I know. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I am literally dragging. <laughs> but, uh, ass, so like, yeah, I mean, props to Gio Reyna, props to Nicholas Giacchini, and props to Sebastian Soto for scoring their first goals as U.S. Men's National Team players. Also on their, you know, obviously, these are their first two games as U.S. US Men's National Team players, but the game from Wales and the game against Panama. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of, and, and I, I'll ask you this. Is this the sign that we have our golden era of American players? I think so. And then the thing is, what, what the really cool thing about it is that we have a team. You know, like I, I'm like excited. We have a team, and not just 
for these games. Also, also want to say one thing though. Uh, Matt Miazga, props to him. He looked really good in both games. And I'm I'm really happy to see that because obviously, like I said, I'm really high on Matt Miazga. Got an assist in this game against Panama. Right. Um I mean a lot of these guys are getting their, they got their shot. I mean I hope the fact that the MLS were having the in the playoffs would help would help Greg Balzerhalter understand like, hey, I need to keep at least a lot of these guys that play in Europe. Because I think Matt Miazga at least proved like, hey man, you need to start calling me up a little bit more. Yeah. Same thing with same majority of the team, man. I mean, Conrad De La Fuente, yes, there was a little bit it was a little underwhelming watching him against Wales, but um I think he needs to he he's he needs some work, but I think that he's definitely worth calling up or at least hopefully see more from Barcelona, him with Barcelona. But um he's probably someone that I would say maybe we might not be seeing seeing him the next in the next call ups, but possibly not. But I mean Christian Pulisic, it's crazy thing that they did this without Christian Pulisic. So can I can only imagine what happens when Christian Pulisic is healthy um, for this U.S. Men's National Team. But Weston McKinney looks solid. Tyler Adams oh, yeah. looks solid. Zach Steffen, I mean, aside from the two goals, looks solid. Who was it? I keep hearing his name a lot today. Johnson? Was it Johnson? Eddie Johnson? Was it no? Eddie Johnson? No, I'm tripping, bro. But I keep hearing his name a lot. Um. Arena? No, 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 no. It was um Musa? No. Bro, I swear to God, it's because Reggie I, Cannon? There Reggie Cannon. And he also had a really good game. There you go. I kept hearing his name. Every, every time like I was working, I was at work. So I literally the dude had his iPad on the side. I could see, see Reggie Eddie. Okay. Well, I, I can see that. I can because you were like Eddie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Reggie, I'm, Eddie, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm dragging ass. But you know what? I do it for the fans. I do it for the show. I do it for the love of the game. And I actually managed to pull myself up and actually want to actually say these things. And see, I don't even know what to say, but it's just a passion, bro. Yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah. But it, it, I kept hearing his name and I was, everybody, everybody was like, Reggie Cannon, Reggie Cannon. And I was like, oh, bro, I want to see what's going on. Oh, are you watching it in English? Yeah. Oh, I was watching it in CUDN. <laughs> oh, okay. No, they they uh, they were watching it. They was, they, he was watching it in English because uh, I don't know why. But uh, it was just, it was amazing. I was like, I kept, I kept hearing the name and I was like, bro. That's insane. Like, I want to see this kid play. I wanted to see. So, so, you know can, yeah, so you know how you can watch him? You better not fucking say it. You yeah. better, you better not say it. I know what you're going to say. I don't want to, I don't want you to say it. Did you know what I'm going to say? I know what you're going to say. You probably start watching all of these you guys want to watch Reggie Cannon, go ahead and watch, go become a fan of Boa Vista FC. Dios mío. Alright, so the game I want to highlight because I wanted to not talk about USA soccer apparently, but Edward did, you know. His yeah. colors don't run. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a red hoodie right now. I think my shirt on is blue. And then you're wearing the Spanish shorts. Um, yeah. I, I, come on, give me a break, bro. I don't care, man. Okay. So for my game, Belgium ends up beating England two to nothing. Um, I, I mean, I feel like people forget Belgium is is a pretty good team. <laughs> um, so I mean, like you got to highlight them, man. I mean, um, pretty solid game for them. They had 50, uh, England had fifty five percent of the possession. 
Um, England outshot Belgium 16 to 8. It, it, it look, if you look at the stats, you would say England was probably the better team. Honestly, you might, if you look at the roster, you might argue that England was the better team, but it wasn't that day because who scored the two goals? Belgium, and they were scored by Telemans and uh, Mertens. So, honestly, just a really good performance from Belgium. Belgium's a really good team. I mean, I think that's a team that, you know, we, we forget, especially some of the players that they have. I mean, you know, obviously Kevin De Bruyne, Thibaut Courtois, uh, the other Hazard, uh, Thorgan Hazard. Thorgan, I don't know why, but it just to me it sounds, Thorgan Hazard sounds like a, it has like a more, like, uh, what, more what was the thought process for the parents? Because you had Eden and then Thorgan. Well, maybe in Belgium, because I mean, you got Eden. There's also a different way to spell like Adam or Alan. Yeah, then, you know? yeah. So know, it you, could be like Eden or Thorgan. You obviously, obviously, we we know they have Telsman and, and Mertens, but obviously, you also have Lukaku. I mean, Belgium's a good team. I think it's a, it, it's it's always if you want to sound like you know some shit about soccer. Yeah. It's always great to say like, oh yeah, Belgium's a dark horse team. And like, I feel like no one would argue with you if you said Belgium's a dark horse team. So little, little, little fun fact for y'all. If you guys want to sound like you know what the fuck you're talking about, well, you got to wait till Euros or like a World Cup and hopefully they're actually in that tournament. But, you know, make sure first, make sure Belgium's in the tournament and then, Belgium's a dark horse. Yeah. And everybody's going to look at you like, well, he's got a good point. Or she's got a good point. So, I mean, what, would you agree or disagree with that one? Mm, well, personally, I, uh, I actually did think Belgium was going to, it's actually going to go all the way. Cause just, cause just because of Hazard. Once again, they're a dark horse. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that's a dark horse. He's like, oh, well, this team can actually do it. <laughs> But that's what I was trying to get at. Like, I I honestly thought, and, and I mean, I still believe it right now, even if Hazard isn't at 100%, I still think he can carry Belgium to, uh, let's say, a final, Euro final maybe even. I mean, you could say, you could say uh, Eden Hazard, but I feel like now you're the person to be looking more at is Kevin De Bruyne. True, true. I think that that's the guy you're going to have to look at a little bit more because I think he... I think he solidifies himself as to be that guy for for Belgium, at least for the future. But I mean, Hazard, I mean, he still has it. I mean, he like when he's when he can finally stay healthy, Hazard's going to be a great player. I mean, that's there's no arguing that. But obviously, right now, it's just your your health is your wealth, right? Like your best ability is your availability, and unfortunately, he just hasn't been available for, for a lot of games. So, but yeah, no, great game for Belgium. I think that's. Just a solid uh, performance. But anyway, so before we get to the Liga MX playoffs preview, let me tell you guys about Unhinged Sports Network. It is a growing brand with a wide variety of sports podcasts from all around the country. Unhinged is constantly playing shows on their website at unhingedsn.com. Go listen, uh, go there and listen to us on Thursdays at 11 a.m. and stay and listen to the other great programs that they have available. Once again, is always something playing on their website. So go ahead and check them out at unhingedsn.com and also follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. All right, Edward, the League MX playoffs is coming this weekend, November 21st. We'll kick off the playoffs. 12 teams qualified. The 
the four, the top four teams are going to go immediately to the quarterfinals, and eight, the well, the rest are going to play in a preliminary match. This is a one game, and whoever wins moves on to the quarterfinals, and then obviously quarterfinals will be a two leg matchup, and obviously all the way till they go into a championship game. So, you know, yeah, it's typical, it's a, typical league IMX. Yeah, I mean. It's uh I think what a lot of fans that that uh that if you don't watch League of Mix and I mean I find a little bit the the only thing I have a problem with is obviously when you have a two leg for the championship. I can get like the, the tournament, like quarterfinals have two legs, give them a chance to play at their home stadium, all that. But the final I feel like <laughs> The final the final should just be one match. The final should just be one match. Yeah. I mean that's how I that's how I see it, and I mean think about it. I'm the Euro snob, so of course I see it as Champions League rules: one one away, one home. You know, basically two legs. And I like the fact that they have goal aggregates, and of course the away ad- goal advantage. But Liga Mekis has it different, to where it's like, hey, if you're first on the table and you tie both games, first place goes. Ahead, the moves on. To even, the next even if for some reason the third or fourth place team, that whoever the first place team is playing, let's say in goal difference, they're ahead uh, throughout the whole league, and he, just because of that, you know, I mean, they're going to go ahead. They're they're not even going to settle it in a in a tie. So even if they go zero zero, both legs, uh, the team that's actually in the higher position tends to go to the next round. Yeah, that's a little bit frustrating as well. Yeah. But yeah, so all right. So for the prelim, well, all right, let's go ahead and say who's the top four. So the top four, finishing in first is Leon. Second is Pumas. Third is America, somehow. Uh, Cruz Azul is fourth. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. The reason why I say America, like, it keep baffles going, me that... Keep going, keep going. No, no, it was, that was the top four. No, but the thing that baffles me is that America has not been that good defensively. Like, I mean, they have just not been that good defensively. I mean... But they prove me wrong every single time. Like, I mean, like, I pick Tigres over... The, every time I pick... I, every time I don't pick... Like, don't how, pick America... How about, how about you pick America this time and see what happens? Shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the, every time I pick, I don't pick America... Every time... Every time I don't pick America, America wins. And it's just like... Because I'm like, well... They're, I know America's good. I know they're they're a stacked team, but they haven't. Like I was like, they they just don't look good compared to the team they're playing against. And the next thing you know, they beat the team that they look better. <laughs> it's just it, it's a mind fuck. And, and somehow they finish in third. Um, and that always grinds your gears. It, it, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I mean basically. But yeah, so that is the top four teams. Now the teams are in the prelims. Sitting at fifth place is Monterrey. Sixth place Tigres. Seventh place, Chivas de Guadalajara. Eight, Santos Laguna. Ninth, Pachuca. Tenth, Necaxa. Eleventh, Toluca, barely making it. And twelfth, Pueblo. So, those are the teams that are going to be playing in a one-game match to settle who's going to go into the next round. And obviously, they'll sort it out with the lowest seed going up against the first seed, which is Leon. And, you know, they're so on and so forth. So, the prelim games will be Monterrey versus Puebla. Tigres versus Toluca, Chivas de Guadalajara versus Nacaxa, and Santos Laguna versus Pachuca. Now, just from those prelim games alone, who do you see as, I guess, the possible upset? 
Mm. The possible upset on this one. So we're here talking about the prelim teams versus the top four, right? Not the prelims. Just the prelims. Just the prelims? So basically you're wanting me to pick my dark horse. No, I mean, just, I mean, I feel like it's, it's very safe to say that the higher seeds are going to beat the, the lower seeds. Of course. But I'm just saying, like, do you see any of those, like, lower seeds getting the, okay, eighth and ninth, I feel like you, that's a, that's not really that much of an upset. I just feel like that's probably, like, the closest matchup just because they're both, you know, next to each other in the standings. But, like, the, the 10 to 12 plays, like, which of those three teams do you think have a good shot at making, at having an upset happen? If you can't see any of them, I don't blame you. I can't see any of them either. And I'm a Toluca fan. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, I haven't seen Toluca come out of it in a while. Um, fuck, bro. Honestly, they expanded they, the playoffs, so. They, yeah, they did, but still, like, fuck, dude. Like, look who they're going against. Puebla versus Monterrey, Tigres versus Toluca, Guadalajara versus Necaxa. It's like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to be, and I, I'm so sorry, my Chivas people out there, I prefer Chivas over America, just as a heads up, but I feel like Necaxa may actually have a chance. And it's a big may. Like, I'm like, like out of the three, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Necaxa, out of those three, between Puebla, Toluca, and, 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 and Necaxa, I'll take Necaxa as possible. Just because, but you also have to think about it, Los Rayados are not to their usual up there kind of selves either. They've been they've been upset during the season as well. Yeah, but I feel like they just turn it up in a whole different level once they're in the playoffs. Uh, it, it it could be it's possible it's possible, but I mean yeah, and it, and it is Puebla and they're all the way at the bottom, so it's possible. But I I still have to stick with Necaxa. I mean, Chivas Chivas is is a good team. It's a good team, and they've been playing very well. It's just maybe Necaxa might just come out with something, maybe a dumb goal, maybe even defensive errors from Chivas, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, it's been, I've seen it happen from Chivas, defensive errors, just random bumbling things, and all of a sudden it just, oh, goal, and it's like, what? Like, really? Like, the fuck? Like, no, I'm with you. I, I do, I, I say between, between those three, I think the easier matchup is definitely Guadalajara. So, so they, no, I'm completely with you that one. I think the Cox could definitely be the upset from the prelims. But with that being said, man, who is your dark horse team in this whole playoffs? Let's see. So, I mean, out of the prelim teams, it's kind of, kind of biased, but Tigres. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I would have imagined that Tigres would have been in the top four. But obviously, if it wasn't for the fact that they lost to America, <laughs> like maybe that's the reason why. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I agree with Tigres. But um, I think, I think I, I'm going to go with Monterrey. Like I said, I think maybe they didn't have like, I mean, still fifth place. I mean, they were one spot away from being in the top four. But and maybe this is like maybe a lazy pick for a dark horse because clearly this is a good team. But I mean, they're obviously going to have to play one extra game in the top four team. So, I mean, that top, you know, the top four, probably you can say that you have that argument, like they got more time to rest, more time to prepare. Right, right. Whereas the teams that are in the prelims, like, you know, injuries happen, you know, things like that is going to, it could, could, you know, be looked into, you know, their next matchup. But I mean, Monterrey, like I said, something about them, I feel like once they're in the playoffs, they just go into a whole nother level. 
and, and they're a really scary team to be facing off against. Like uh, any of these teams could definitely get a run for their money if they take on Monterrey. Mm. Like I always, I always like the Derby though, the Monterrey Derby. Hopefully, we see it. I mean, it's possible. I see it. It's know. possible. So we'll see. Anything is possible, or you know, the guy Mekis. Cualquier cosa es es posible. Or wait, no, we should say yeah. Cualquier cosa es posible. Yeah. Uh, try to say that with with the Kevin Garnett. Yeah. <laughs> Cualquier cosa es posible. <laughs> oh God. All right. All right, so who's your team to watch? Like, who's just, who's the team to watch? To watch? Yeah. Leon. Because, I mean, they, they are always a good team to watch. It's just, they not, they don't really win like America does. Like, America, this year's champions. They're the champions of La Casura. They're the champions of Apertura. They're the champions of this. They're the champions of that. And, I mean, to be honest, like, Leon barely... They just moved up, what, like four or five years ago, six years ago? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, it, they're new, not like America, that they've been there since freaking ever with Chivas alongside. So it's like, it's always been America Chivas, America Chivas, America Chivas. And recently it's been America, America, America. So it's, it's, I feel like Leon might actually take it this time. No, okay. I'm going to say just because they've been, They've been so much fun watching this whole season. Um, getting up to here now, Pumas. I mean, they have been they, yeah. so solid. This, they, if there was a team to say, like, this was the best team this year, obviously they didn't finish first. But I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> but the team that you're like, man, dude, the, the way they're going, they're going to make a run. And here they are. They're sitting in second. I think Pumas is going to be a really fun team to watch. Um, hopefully they can go for Hopefully they can continue this form, especially because obviously Talavera, is there is there a new goalkeeper over there after leaving Toluca? No hard feelings. Uh, but no, yeah, I think that this is going to be a really good one. Um, Liga MX is it's just an entertaining league, man. I really do say that. I don't care uh, who all those that one negative Nancy those things was a poor man's English Premier League. But no, it, Liga MX is so much fun to watch. So wrap this up, man. Who do you believe wins Liga MX? I know this is going to sound biased. And I know I just said, I talked, like, not, not, I didn't talk shit, but I know I talked them down. So, but I still kind of want Chivas to win. Because I, I just want to see Chivas at least one time uh, after a long-ass time of winning. To me, I feel like they haven't really won as much as they could. No, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, but I already know the Chivas fans would be like, well, I guess all we need to do is get rid of Alan Pulido and then we won. You know, like, no, Alan Pulido was the reason why y'all were actually good, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, they do have a really young group of guys. Obviously, you have Antuna, you have Alexis Vega. That's a, it's a lot of young players. Your Alexa decided to open up whenever you said Alexis Vega. Jesus Christ. Anyways, all right, for me, who I think is going to win Liga MX playoffs is America. <laughs> all right, all right. They, I mean, they, they keep arguing with me, so I mean. So you're going to go for them just for the sake of not for them to not win. Is that what you're trying to do? No, I'm not saying that. I say America is going to win because 
they time after time after time that I pick against them, they end up winning. I understand. So, no, no, I so understand. this is where I'm going with that America is going to win the whole damn thing. So everybody, so then we have all the stupid America fans like, oh, see the president, see the president, see the president, and I'm just going to be like, damn, I was wrong because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, for all your listeners out there, he. Says America's gonna win, but in some weird way, he wants karma or whatever he believes in. God, he wants someone to just put a stop to his. Oh, well, if he says this, let me go ahead and chop that right up and then not let America win so he can finally be like, Yes, finally, yes. Is that, am I getting that correct? There's a possibility that is correct. <laughs> uh, all my American people out there, I promise, nothing against y'all. It's just, we just want to see something new. It's, it's like... American fan writers like, man, fuck that puto. Yeah, <laughs> FTP. But, you know, I just, I just, like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, you guys aren't tired of it at all, but it's like, you people who just love, like, to watch maybe someone new win it at least, it's kind it of like be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah, you know, like the song. Wouldn't it be nice if America would win this year? You know. <laughs> All right, so let's get going with players of the week, man. So, Edward, who is your player of the week? My player of the week is Gio Reyna for the amazing performance that he did uh, in the U.S. Panama game. He scored a goal. So his first goal, his man. First international so, goal. So I mean, I was trying to like not overly hype. Uh, Gio Reyna, I think I completely failed at that. He's, uh, you know, he's he's hyped himself up there. No, yeah, for sure. You could have hyped him up. I mean, think about it. So I want to corner the la gente. When, when people were saying that Gio Reyna is possibly the best American player, I mean, some people were even saying that he's he's probably going to overthrow Christian Pulisic as the best American player. I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't, you were skeptic about it. I was skeptic about it, but I mean, obviously, with Christian Pulisic's injuries issues, hopefully, if a healthy Christian Pulisic, we know what he can do. If he can stay healthy, me and my friends were having the conversation. If he can stay healthy, for if he can, but actually, I can see it. I can see Gio Reyna being being our like, like I said, but I can see I can see Gio Reyna being our top dog, like our our top our legend. In the making, like I think this is like this. That is, Gio is the future of U.S. soccer. Yeah, like we are witnessing what everybody sees when they when their country sees that that one shining light. That oh my God, this kid is going to be in conversations of awards, going to be competing in the high levels of Europe. Right, like this is going to be like the kid that's going to get like a shit ton of money by some team. Like uh, Real Madrid's looking at Gio Reyna. <laughs> like holy shit. <laughs> but like just to say that man like Gio Reyna is looking to be that prodigy that everyone thought that Pulisic would be now Pulisic I'm not saying that Pulisic is bad or anything like that but I mean like obviously Pulisic was that first time of like holy crap we, there's an American that plays at Borussia Dortmund yeah we, at first I still remember we were like what no way like we were all confused then after that then we started hearing more Americans were playing like we're like oh wait there's a guy in well, Schalke let's, 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 let's put it here let's put it this way Christian Pulisic was basically the first of many, but he was the one that was named out the most because, for one, he was in the starting lineup 
this was before Jane Sancho. The, he was in the starting lineup. Jane Sancho was basically in the reserves. And then, then we were like, damn, like as a Dorsen fan, I was like, damn, who are we going to have now that Obama Ying left, Lewandowski had left. I was like, who did we have? We had um, uh, Paco Alcacer as a striker. And then the right, eh, who was on the right wing at that moment? I cannot remember. Dembele? Dembele, Osumane Dembele. Yeah, and once he went to Barca, I mean, we were like, well, fuck, who the fuck is going to do it? Pulisic, I don't necessarily think he did step up, but he was he was like, you know what? They were, they were probably like, let's give him a run, see how he does. He did good. He did great. And then he put his own name on the map. And I, it wasn't because he was scoring goals or anything. He was just playing, and he was playing really well, and he was assisting. He was doing really, really good. So I, I feel that Pulisic was just the one and then he started the trinkle effect, like the raindrop effect. Like it just fell in the pond and all of a sudden you saw the ripple. You saw the ripples. And then that's when everybody started like, okay, we got an American player here. We got an American player here. We got an American player here. We got an... It just started opening up a lot of possibilities. And in opening up those possibilities, that was like the dual citizenship started doing, the dual, the dual mm-hmm. the nationalities. So I mean, like, like kind of going back to it, Christian Pulisic kind of paved the way yeah. for American players that are playing abroad. Because, I mean, they've always, there's always been American players playing abroad, but they don't get call, they just don't get those call-ups because right? of the fact that they're not regularly playing. Exactly. Because, I mean, Clint Dempsey, even though he did play at Fulham, he did play at Tottenham, he wasn't a starter. I think he was maybe a starter. No, he was a starter at Fulham. But it, when he went to Tottenham, he was, hard he, was to like, he was hard to play. I mean, you had that competition. Yeah, so you I had mean, Christian like, Eriksen taking that spot. I mean, so so yeah, so I mean, so the the fact was that like okay, well, or if they were playing in Europe, it wasn't necessarily like they were playing at a at like a a, a, a well notable league or for a well notable club. Yeah, and so let's let's put it this way: they weren't playing for the champions of that of that season, or they weren't playing for the the up and coming champions of that season. I mean, think about it. We didn't know any any American player playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, basically the top three contenders for the La Liga championship. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester United, um, Manchester City, Liverpool, like there wasn't no American players there. Uh, Bayern Munich, um, who was, there was Julian a Green. Yeah, Julian Green was the only one, but he wasn't a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was also a dual shit, so yeah. okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, you didn't know these kids were out there until the team themselves as well brought themselves up. And then, you know, they just kind of, like you said, paved the way. And and this is what I think. I think Christian Pulisic is, he, if he can stay healthy enough, he can last for two more World Cups and maybe three, and he will be able to be better than Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan. Oh, I mean, he's already better than Landon Donovan, in my opinion. Exactly, your opinion. But it's like, as you look at the track record, Landon Donovan has a lot of accolades. As much as you don't like the guy, but he does have a lot of accolades, especially, especially, as a, a good friend of mine, Valentin, said, Landon Donovan made Mexico his bitch. And I think Pulisic has the same, the same way that he can actually do that. He can bring it to Mexico. And we did see it when he was playing. It was just, 
he didn't have the potential around him that he does now. So now he has a lot more to play with. He's not the only one that, okay, we got to watch him. No, you got, you got from everywhere now, even from defense, you got Sergino is coming in. He could, he could go ahead and send in the ball. Just playing that right. No, wing no, back. I, I, I totally agree, man. But I mean, like kind of going back to Gio right now, I just think that he is like the, like the, like the prodigy, the pro, like the, the prophecy has now been foretold. Now with with Gio Reyna is <laughs> like how I'm looking the at it. Is like Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic will go down as a great American player. Yes, but I think the player that's going to get the higher accolades is Gio Reyna. Do you think it's because of his age? Because he got noticed earlier on. He's doing things that Pulisic. Pulisic was at 18. I don't. I mean, yeah, he was playing for. Dormant, but he wasn't a starter. Exactly. Reina is a but starter. That's that's where I'm getting at. He's the American dream. How long? The, the thing is, uh, he's a starter because you, Dortmund, it doesn't have too much in depth as a center attacking mid. No, no, I get that, but you're talking about like this guy is getting played is playing more than Rose. Yeah, but I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to devalue Dortmund because I mean he's still a solid player. Yeah. FIFA maybe disrespected him a little bit, but I mean like. <laughs> Not a little bit, of, a lot. But I mean, Reyna is not being seen as, oh, he's just this kid that is playing for Dorman. No, they're like, no, Reyna's our guy. Like, I mean, Halan yeah. is praising his name whenever he has a chance. You have guys that love Gio Reyna and they see the potential of Gio Reyna. I mean, his parents are two soccer players, <laughs> for Christ's sake. Yeah. Obviously, his father's Claudio Reyna and his mom also played. Yeah, uh, for the women's national team, or well, play women's soccer. I mean, I, I don't know if it was a women's national team. I did. I I'm, gonna throw, I'm, gonna throw, I'm gonna throw this boy a curveball. So, what was her name? No, no, exactly. But Mrs. Reina. Reina. Claudia Reina's wife, Mrs. Reina. But no, no disrespect to her. I'm pretty sure she also instilled some of the some of her mojo into no, no, him as well. I'm saying that, like, you, you have two soccer playing parents. And then now you have this kid. You're giving hope. You're giving me hope for my kids. <laughs> yeah, you could probably throw an asterisk on, on one part of that. Oh. But anyways, but with with Gio Reyna, you just and I mean his dad, like he said, like man, when I was 18, I was playing in the state championships, you know, for high school. My son's playing in the Champions League at 18. Like the kid is just doing things that a lot of us are just like, man, I can't believe this is, you know. This kid is for real. Like, I mean, if you're like a, if you're like a, a a a sports card memorabilia collector or some shit like that, like you need to start buying some some Gio Reyna stuff because that, hopefully, if we're all hoping that what Gio Reyna is gonna be, that shit's gonna be expensive as hell. Come down a few years. Is this all I'm saying with Gio Reyna? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one, bro. I mean, it's it's um. You know what? Let me just put it this way. We still got a lot more games to watch either for this upcoming year and I'm pretty sure that Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic will play alongside each other. I just can't um, wait to see a healthy Christian Pulisic. Man. I know, bro. Not, like, not only for the U.S., but also for, I mean, for Chelsea. But I mean, <clears throat> for the sake of Christian Pulisic. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, him being healthy, him playing is going to be good for, for the U.S. men's national team and obviously for his club in Chelsea. Yeah. All right, man. So my player of the week is Arturo Vidal. 
Who say what? Who, uh, yeah, I'm surprised he still plays. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was... Well, now he plays for, for Inter, Inter Milan, but yeah. he scored two goals in Chile's 2 to nothing win against Peru. Um, I mean, Peru's kind of been that team where, like, oh, man, this, you know, they're... They're doing some things, you know, that they well, kind of... In Peru, the guy that always stood out to me was Ruidias. And, I mean, obviously his eyes are set on MLS playoffs, so yeah. obviously that could have been a reason. But obviously Chile is also a pretty good... An aging national team, but uh, definitely a pretty it's good... It's funny, because you got all these guys who are probably, like, in their 30s already, but they still have that crazy-ass Chile speed. I totally that. Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez still has it. Edo Vargas lost it. Yeah, he's lost it. I think he's like a, a midfielder now. No way. I think so. Is he playing behind or unless he's a false nine? I think for Tigres, maybe, just because of the fact that you have Guignac, uh, Guignac. But I mean, like, no, I mean, but yeah, so I mean, you know, Peru is kind of like that up-and-coming national team right now. Or yeah. At least that's what the, everybody's hoping for, especially because the fact they did make it to the World Cup. And then, you know, they made, yeah. it, they made it to the finals of, the, of Copa America. So you're like, oh, my God, you know, this is a team to be reckoned with, right? Uh, I mean, and, you know, Chile is still going to be a solid team. You know, hopefully they got some young guys coming up. But, um, yeah, no, Chile comes in, has a very solid game. And all behind Arturo Vidal being able to score the goal. So, so there's that. So that is my player of the week uh, for this week. All right, man. So game previews. All right, so I understood you were really busy, so I decided to line the, the workload for you, man. Uh-huh. I decided to go ahead and Thank knock you. out these Thank game you, previews. Sir. Thank you. So the first game for the game previews, and this is a great one. But all three of them are really good matches, but this one is just, this is going to be exciting. And this is Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid, yeah. or Atletico Madrid for if you're Spencer. Um <laughs> So this is you're never gonna let him live it down, a, are you? This is gonna be a really good matchup. Obviously, whenever you have the three, two of the three headed monsters that is La Liga facing off against each other, these are the games that are gonna decide positions in in the in the La Liga table. And so this is a big one for Barcelona. Obviously, they lost to Real Madrid, so they definitely want to make sure that they don't they don't let Atletico jump over them as well. So. It's going to be a big one. The last time they, these two played off against each other, it was a 2-2 draw. And you might have to throw in there that this is a Luis Suarez revenge game. Yes, that's actually... I've been wanting to see something like this game, like um, where Suarez performs against Barcelona. I I don't know, but I feel he won't... He won't celebrate if he scores. Just for the, not, not to the disrespect of the board or like he's not trying to disrespect Barcelona but the fact that he still has close people to him I mean that club he's team. done so much with that, club. with that club I mean so you, much. you still gotta remember he was a big part of MSN yeah but think about it too this way like shit basically the club itself you know even though you literally like blood sweat and tears for this club and they went ahead and let you go like that in that way so it was so, like a it was like a hazing kind of shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Like I, I still think he won't celebrate, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I, Atletico looks so good right now. Yeah, they. I mean, Joe Felix looking like what everybody kind of thought he was going to be. He just um, needed the right, I guess, the I mean, right mentorship. Maybe? You have, in my opinion, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, in Jan Oblak. Yeah. Um, I mean. 
this Atletico looks really good. I mean, it, it's a it's a really scary thought, but I mean, Atletico looks really strong this year, and I think Suarez kind of they were already a pretty solid team, and then with Suarez now in there, they just became scary. Yeah, they did. So this is going to be a really good they, match. They became a actual contender. It's not just Barcelona, Real Madrid all the time. Now they yeah, actually... Normally it would be Barcelona, Real Madrid, and oh, there's Atletico. Now it's... Oh, it's Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico. Yeah. But anyways, so... Spencer's been talking some shit, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, I don't there, know. Is there going to be a bed in place? Well, I don't know, man. I haven't... We haven't really talked about it too much. Um... I guess if he wants to have a bet, we'll talk about it and uh, we'll figure out as we go along. Singing bet? <sighs> Fuck. I know he probably has the voice of an angel while I'm over here with the voice of the gravel that the angel's stepping on. So, uh, sure, why not? Singing bet? Yeah. All right. The singing bet comes back on. So, uh, obviously. Fuck, I may regret it. The, the loser has to sing the outro of a song of the winner's choosing. So obviously, or in the event, in the event of a tie, I'll pick, I'll pick the song. Then who sings it? Both of us? Yeah. Yeah, both of you. Oh, shit. All right. All right. It's going to be interesting how to, you're not going to do that one. Uh, I'll try to sing with a deep voice. Well, well, Spencer's in Alabama and and you're, he just keeps going. Well, I mean, because like, obviously you're here and Spencer's not, Maybe like one of you sings like the first. Maybe like you sing the first half of the song and then Spencer takes the second half. Hey, Spencer, Ebony Ivory? What's up? Which which one's going to be who? Really? You got to ask? I'm just saying. I mean, (laughs) I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Jesus Christ. All right. So, all right. Edward and Spencer, that's going to happen. Can't wait. Uh, All right. The second game Napoli versus Milan. These two teams have looked really good yeah. this season. Um, I mean, they have drawn three of the last five meetings between each other. That's that's pretty insane right there. So it kind of, you don't know who to pick for, basically. No, you really don't. I mean, and then also that, but they have both only allowed seven goals this season. Damn. Yeah, that's that's literally putting into like... This is an intense you match. Know, you don't know who to choose. You're kind of like, I don't know. There's a saying I say, there's a saying that me and my friends say, like, it's a pube hair, it's a pube hair health away, you know, like. But yeah, so with that being said, man, who you got? Uh, Milan. I mean, you got you to you gotta go with the lion. Yep. Latan, the Ibrahim. lion always finds a way. So. He beat COVID. He beat COVID. Or actually, he gave COVID Slatan instead of him catching COVID. Get it? Yeah. All right, man. And now the third game. Tottenham versus Manchester City. I'm going for Tottenham on this one. Okay. Well, as much as I respect Pep, I'm, I'm going for Tottenham. All right. Well, anyway, so each team has won two of the last five meetings. Right. So this would be the tiebreaker, I guess you could say. Um, Tottenham has scored 19 goals this season to Man City's 10 goals. Who you got? I mean, I always you already said Tottenham. I already said Tottenham. Tottenham has been so good goal scoring wise. Aside from Harry Kane, has been on top on top of it with goals and assists. Like he's been on 
you got Sun. You got Sun. I mean, if we had a healthy, are we going to see any Bill action? Oh, and Jose versus Pep. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't even think about even. I, I, I completely forget that Jose Mourinho is the manager of Tottenham. And the thing is with me is, um, I feel like Pep has his squad. Like he has his players that he wants. And I feel like Mourinho is still, he's still on the trying to find players that he wants. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I want to say Pep has the advantage on that. Or he has the squad that he wants and how they play. Um, Mourinho, I think he's but still working on, top, on some you things. Just, you, see, you see Kane, you see Son. Yeah. And it's just like. And the thing is, like, if there was a healthy Dele Ali, ooh, yeah. boy. Uh, I would have to go with Tottenham. I think Tottenham has been at least the more of a highlight reel this season. Um, I don't think. I mean, if Man City can bring it defensively, maybe they're in it. But I just I, right now, Tottenham just looks like the better team to me. I mean, you're right. Uh, personally, I prefer Tottenham because of the way they're playing right now. Like they have that, they have this crazy counterattack. But it's, and in, in the, the key there is always Son. Harry has the ball. He looks around and he'll chunk it into somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and you see Son just sprinting for it. And as soon as he touches it and he's in front of goal, that's it. Like, he is not merciful. He, so I, mean, I haven't like, seen him miss that so much. Like, the big thing would just be can this Man City back line hold, hold off on? Hold, hold off on and, and Kane. Yeah, and Kane. Because Kane can shoot it from the outside. If so, anything. I mean, so that's going to be the, the big matchup is just going to be Son and Kane versus the back line and Ederson. Pretty much. So, it, it, that's what the matchup is really going to be. Um, and I mean, I like Tottenham's chances right now. Yeah. So there is that. Don't, don't count El Kun out. I, I, no, I, I mean, Pep, Pep, you can never count Pep out. Mm-hmm. But, well, I mean, the fact is, like, he is more successful against Mourinho. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that. So, we'll see. Will we'll, we'll Mourinho I feel be like, able to get... I feel like Mourinho get, has this, not hate, but, like, whenever it comes to Pep, it's like he's trying, he's trying to throw all his full arsenal at it, like at Pep. And still fails. And it, it fails. He's Wiley Coyote. Coyote and Pep is the roadrunner. Road runner. Yeah, yeah. You just gave me an idea for a cartoon. All right, so. All right, man. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up with three up and three down. Right like on. I said, we are no longer doing which rathers. We're just running out of ideas at this point for which rathers. <laughs> so three up and three down. Kind of going with the whole soccer thing where you have three substitutes and essentially it's just picking the top three and a bottom three of a topic. Right, right, right. So today's topic is fictional characters. So I'm going to start with my three down. And for the third, so I'm going to start from third all the way to one. So my third one is Vincent Chase from Entourage. Even though he's the main character of Entourage, and that's the character that's like based off of Mark Wahlberg. Entourage. He's so annoying. Like so I that, would So that's when you hate. Yeah. He's just it's just kind of irritating because like, you know, you you have like, you know, like uh you know, the manager, his best friend, he's trying to like do things for his career, and then Vincent Chase kind of like argues with it, he just wants to party and, and and gets this like you know stupid shit. Uh, then it's just kind of like Vincent Chase just goes into that downward spiral. It, it 
his character is just kind of like frustrating and this is kind of like, eh. Um, apparently they, like in an interview with the creator of Entourage, he actually wanted Vincent Chase to. Sorry. It's because I found out some news. Let me, can I do a breaking news or no? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So <laughs> it's breaking news because it involves Barcelona. And according, it's, it's from, uh, from Goal, from the, the, the newspaper Goal or the website Goal. Like, they, they have, um, you know, they have all kinds of uh, soccer, um, La Liga, EPL, you know, stuff like that. And apparently, I just kind of got shocked because Mbappe was close to joining Barcelona. And the reason being was the Javier Borda, the former Barcelona director, that they came close to signing Mbappe in 2017, but they chose Dembele over Mbappe. So that kind of just, it made me open my mouth and shocked. So back when they signed Dembele, their scout actually mentioned, hey, this Mbappe kid is really good. Maybe we should try signing him over instead of Dembele. And, it said, and he says, and this is a quote, when we were to sign Dembele, agent Jose Maria Mingaya called to me to tell us Mbappe was within reach. I spoke with Jose Maria Bartomeu and he told me to look at him. It could have been done for $100 million. So instead of spending all this other extravagant money on Dembele, we could have gotten Mbappe in Barcelona. And this is just stuff that came out today. So I'm in shock right now. I'm just like... Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. <laughs> I mean, basically we got injury-prone... Uh, retard, uh, what to call it, uh, injury-prone Sally over here and just freaking... You could have had one of the best young up-and-comings and even a, uh, a world-class talent to basically help Messi. And just it just kind of shocks me. No, it makes it, me feel better that that uh, Joseph Joseph Bartomeu is gone. Okay, and it says Bordas also revealed that the decision came down to Osumane Dembele and Mbappe. And he says Roberto Fernandez preferred Dembele, and Pep Segura supported him. The explanation was that Mbappe plays for himself, and Dembele plays for the team. And since a winger like Neymar had left, Robert preferred a winger more than a finisher. I'm done. I'm fucking dead. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Is that is that really breaking news? Knowing that. Well, I mean, think about it. Instead of now, if you try to go for Mbappe, I'm pretty damn sure you can't get it for a hundred million. No, no, definitely you can't get him for that. If anything, it's like three times the worth now, or they're going to sell him for three times that worth. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying. Barcelona had basically, let's just call it first dibs. They could have chosen between Dembele and Mbappe, and they chose Dembele. And I wasn't even excited from the beginning about that signing. Oh, God, I forgot we're on the air. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, people, I am so sorry. I had to do the breaking news thing. Oh, God. How'd you forget? I, uh, this has become natural to me. You're literally speaking to a microphone. I know. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck. But yeah, I'm just in shock right now. Let's keep going with our stuff, but man, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I just, I really thought that was breaking news because now I know there was a reason why the hell Dembele showed up to Barcelona and then we could have gotten somebody else. And I, you know, I wanted somebody else. I'm no, yeah, you, you were never really that high on Dembele. And that's no. crazy thing because you were a Borussia Dortmund guy. Yeah. That's why I'm like, no, he's good. He's doing good endorsement. He should stay endorsement. He's not a. He's not a Barcelona player. I said that from the get-go, and I was right. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. <sighs> All right. But let's, let's keep going with that three, three up, three down. And you said that the guy from Entourage, the guy that's supposed to be Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Vincent Chase. That, that was like the main that's, character. That's his name? Vincent yeah, Chase. That's the, the, yeah, that was the character's okay. name, Vincent Chase. Okay. Yeah, no, he was, just, he was just annoying at one point. And like, like, what annoyed you about it? Like, I get that he's, like, an, an actor. Like, he's, you know, the, the, the... You know, he was, like, just... He was just living in the moment kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But just the fact that he would just constantly go against his manager, which was also his best friend. And, like, because, I mean, his manager had a good eye for, like, a lot of the scripts that they read. But then... It, it, that, and then obviously, he just rather just party every single day. He would spend money... Yeah. He bought like a, bought a ridiculous mansion. He bought cars. He bought a lot of crap. He was broke at one point. Yeah. Like, and it was just kind of like, man, dude, like, and then when, when they had like a, the storyline where he was going down a, a, just a downward spiral, like his career was kind of like went, went to shit and all that. Um, apparently the, the creator of Entourage actually wanted Vincent Chase to die. And that's how they <laughs> wanted to end the series. But obviously they knew that, uh, this could probably backfire because obviously the fans would, not like it because I mean Vincent Chase was a character. It, it was a character that a lot of people did like. I mean, I like Entourage as a whole, but right, yeah, right. My least favorite character was definitely uh, Vincent Chase in that show. Okay. All right, number two. I hated Peggy Hill. Oh. <laughs> I hated Peggy Hill because she was a know-it-all. She was just a know-it-all. I hated that she had to be right. Um, like. I, I always enjoyed the episodes where she got put in her place. Right. Uh, like, it was one of the, it was like so satisfying when she was put in her place. Like the, the episode when they go to that, that uh, country festival. The Renaissance Fair? No, but when she's like the spot Peggy. Like when, like they find out that she. Oh, right, right, right. She calls her spaghetti spot Peggy and meatballs, even though it's just basic spaghetti and meatballs. Like that. She has a little that, orange juice. That's just the annoying part is the fact that like, she thinks that she, like she just she just thinks she's got like this giant chip on her shoulder and it's fucking annoying sometimes. And then clearly she does not a good Spanish teacher. <laughs> so it's too, always too honorable. You're embarrassada. Por... <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was really funny. But like I mean, like I I enjoy watching the episodes where she's clearly wrong. So where do I go? Do I go Escurda or Desperta? <laughs> Desperta. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Peggy Hill is my my number two. Uh, least favorite character, and then number one is AJ Soprano from The Sopranos. Well, you want to talk about just straight up like useless—not a useless character, but obviously just just useless, annoying. Because at first, like obviously he was a kid, so he's stupid. So it's kind of funny because occasionally he'll say "fuck." Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of funny to see him do it. But then when he gets older, he becomes like a, he, he becomes a little shit. Yeah, and so and then. 
um, the whole the whole engagement thing that he tried to do, and it became like all sad and mopey, and kind of became kind of suicidal. Um, and then and then obviously he he said he's going to join the army. <laughs> like everything he did, he just felt he just failed to do it. So he's going to join the army, but then his parents like talk him into working uh, at one of like the at a, for a movie producer that usually produces porn, but apparently they're going to try to work into the film industry. All right. And then, um, so that he literally just flat out quits and then every, now all of a sudden he's not depressed, which that was kind of, it was stupid. Like I said, he had the failed engagement. Um, he tried to kill himself, but clearly didn't do it right. Uh, <laughs> um, and then he tried to kill his uncle for shooting Tony, uh, <laughs> and failed to do that to be, <laughs> and so I was just like, AJ is just annoying as shit. Like, like I get what they were trying to do with him. Cause obviously you had metal soprano who was, you know, the, the, the smart one, the overachiever. And then you have AJ, just the idiot son was basically what his role was. And I, I, I'm not saying that I hate the actor. I think the actor did a really good job at making me hate him. But I mean, like, it was just the fact that this character was just annoying as shit. Like, the older he got, just the more annoying he became. It was just my thing. So AJ Soprano is definitely my, my, my least, the, the character I hate the most. Right, okay. All right, so who are your three downs? My three? Oh, okay. Man, it's hard. Uh, I guess my number three, I would have to say, for all my WWE fan, uh, fans out there, um, Kane, not, not WWE Attitude Era Kane, but like afterwards, like with the suit, and shit. Part oh, of the when he becomes part of the the organization or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Oh god, that was so fucking annoying. I was like, I understand he has a degree and everything, but fuck, dude. He's a mayor now. Oh, it's just no, like he's legitimately a mayor. No, I know, but I'm saying like just playing that way and the way that he played it. I just he played. He was a damn good actor for being able for making me find him annoying and hating him for all the shit that he did. And the thing is that most of it wasn't even in the ring. It was just like outside of the ring. And it was so fucking annoying. And when I would see him in the suit and then he even grew out his hair a little bit to where it looks like he had that little, uh, uh, like it was like a short fade or something. I was like, dude, you look like a fucking tool, bro. I was like, oh my God. I was like, put the mask back on and the hair and the the red, big red machine suit. And shit. I actually liked him without the mask though when he was just Well, like, no, but he was just a big red machine and just, you know, shaved head and wrestling. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I liked him too there. He was a, he was like a face and a heel at the same time. But in, it's like now he was just a full-time heel, but it was like, a heel that annoyed the shit out of me, bro. Okay. Oh, fucking hated it. So that's your number three? Yeah. Uh, number two, I have to say, um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me. Jan Levinson. No goo? No goo. No, Jan Levinson. No goo. I just, oh gosh, she was such a bitch to Michael. And then even afterwards, she goes and says, you know, like, well, spoiler alert for all my non office fans out there, and they're actually trying to watch it now before it goes off on Netflix at the end of the year. That's right. It's going off. Um, then for her to say, 
please don't date Holly. I'm like, what? Uh, the fuck? I was like, who the fuck are you to say that shit? Who the fuck are you? You don't even have Michael's kid. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hell the fuck no. I was so pissed when that shit happened. And my thing that pissed me off even more was that Michael was like kind of taking it into consideration. He was like, uh, what? No, dating Holly? No, like he was trying to hide the fact. I'm like, no, bro, you got man up and fucking tell her off because I'm like the fact, this that, bitch, the fact that they like boat trade in their cars to get a Porsche oh, <laughs> a Porsche for my lady I was like no no bitch no don't do for that the, shit for the fail- and then she had the failing uh, candle <sighs> business the, the candles that smell like shit work, apparently because you went to go work at she worked at the hospital I don't know what she did at the hospital and then became like the manager of the the scrap the, the scrap white pages, pages. She probably used the same shit. Like, oh, I know paper. Same way that fucking Michael started his company. I know the paper. I oh, know the product. She didn't even let Michael be at the birth. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, okay. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, Jen oh. Levison was definitely not. No, she was not. That was evil. A great was job evil. by her, though. I mean, for her to like be able to. Well, I mean, at first she was just plain out of her mind kind of shit. And then after that, she found herself and shit. Uh, that's when it was like. Yeah, okay, she seems normal, and then all of a sudden she's you know what? basically back uh, to that. Because obviously, uh, I, I listen to the Office Ladies, their podcast, and like they, whenever they talk about whenever, whenever you have to do a scene with Mike with uh with Steve Carell, yeah, like he tries to make you break. Like his goal is to get you to break, so he'll put you, he'll put himself in like really uncomfortable situations for you. So like if you ever see him when he lifts his leg up and like his crotch is like literally at Jim's face. That's like him trying to make because John Krasinski was the worst. He was the one that broke the most. Of course, I mean you saw that dude. dude every time he even spoke to him, like that, like he was just like, oh. but yeah. So, not, but yeah. So, I mean, props to her also because she had to be like stone face with like some of the things, especially especially the stuff that he would say. What, what was that? Think about the 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 that the first episode that we meet Jan, like when when they're when that they're the Achilles. The fact that he, he had to put up with those two comedians and they were like just singing the baby back song, the baby back rib song. Um, I got my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. My baby my the brown pro. <laughs> the brown pro. Anyway, but yeah, so, okay, that, that's a solid number two. Okay. All right. My number one person that I hate the most is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some people might agree with me, might not. And it's also an anime. <laughs> okay. So, um, I have to say, uh, I don't. I'm like contemplating on whether I should say it or not. Just say it. Well, because the thing is, it's like he has his good moments and bad. But I mean, if you don't but, like the character, you don't like the character. That's the whole point. Okay. So. You're not supposed to pander. Was, well, okay. So I don't like um what's his name? Fuck. I'm trying to think because like I'm going through my the back of my head, I'm going through all of these names and shit. Okay, so I don't like what's his name? Um Nagato. Nagato from Naruto Shippuden. He's the one that was the control. He had the Renegons, the eyes. He was the one that was like 
spoiler alert again for any Shippuden fans that have not actually caught up to the um, to the Sage Sage Toad era. He's the one controlling all the bodies. He's the one controlling. Oh, uh, pain. The, yeah, pain. He's the one controlling pain, but his name is Nagato. Okay, I believe his real name is Nagato. Um. So yeah, so I hate him because it takes him God knows how many dead people to realize how Naruto has the same exact mentality as he does, but he realizes it in a few seconds of just meeting Naruto, and I'm like, if you would have just listened to what your master said, master would die, and I actually do cry when Jiraiya. Uh, I was playing it. But yeah, Jiraiya, you know, got killed by his own student. Mm-hmm. And so that right there was just intense. You know, and I'm like, bro, I fucking hate you. Like, you just killed... And Jiraiya wasn't even like a main, but he's the one that taught the main, and he also was the master of his dad. Mm-hmm. So it was like... It was something you were expecting to see, like for him to grow into. No, yeah, I think the the when, uh, when Master Jiraiya when he dies is definitely one of the the tougher scenes for a lot of bro, fans because, like, that. I mean, like he he's he's almost like a father figure to to Naruto. Yeah. So I mean, no, yeah, for sure. It, that, that, and then Naruto was actually named, or I'm sorry, the, after his character. Yeah, after, after his, his character, character the, the character in the book, you know. So it's kind of like uh, the thing I liked about that. Well, aside from Jiraiya dying, was just because it gives you more context. Because you know that you don't really see much about Naruto's dad. Yeah. So I mean, that Bobby was Nico? like, yeah, yeah. Um, which is like that's the cool part is now you're kind of seeing more. Uh, you're seeing like in Shippuden, you're seeing more of Naruto's dad. Like, it's like, it's like you know, it, it kind of brings it into light as well. Like the way that I guess Nagato took it, that the whole world is evil, so he wants to cleanse it and shit. Kind of goes like, oh, aren't you being a little bit of a Hitler there, sir? You know, kind of like shit. You I think know? most bad guys just like <laughs> he was the only one that they showed up like that in anime that where he cleanses, but. If there is another anime like that where there's an evil doer who's trying to kill people just because he feels that they're evil or bad and so he's trying to cleanse the world, then, you know, let me know, you know? So, because I, I personally, the Nagato is the one that resembles that. And yeah, so. All right, man. All right, so three up. All right, so just to go ahead and reiterate, uh, my three down are. Vincent Chase from from Entourage, Peggy Hill from King of the Hill, and uh, AJ Soprano from The Sopranos. And then yours is and mine was um, who did I say the first one? <laughs> um, Kane, uh, Corporate Kane. Kane, Corporate Kane, right from WWE. Um, second one was Jan Levinson from The Office, and my number one was Nagato, aka Pain, from Naruto Shippuden. Okay. All right, so three up. So you want to go first this time? All right. Okay, so three up. My number three, Michael Scott. Okay. Michael Scott. He always, even though he was a complete bumbling fool, but he always meant, he, I feel like he always had the good, the good at heart for people. Like he always wanted the the good things to happen and to people. The thing that's funny about Michael Scott is that there's moments where you're like, God, how is this guy, like, how is the manager? But then he shows you 
there's moments where he's like, oh man, no, well, duh, it's because he's really good at his, as a, he was a really good salesman. He was a good sales guy. Because I mean, he, um, even he was taking notes and shit, or Pam was supposed to be taking notes about what he was doing. He ended up selling that, like, for the cause, Costello, for some paper. Apparently, it was a big ass contract. And the same thing with uh, getting the hammer rail paper products. It's like, all right, starting Monday, you know, you can sell hammer mill papers uh, and their products. Uh, Bruce will get with you in details and stuff like the that. details. Uh, I was like, I was like, what? I was like, Dude, yeah, like there, there's moments where you're like, well, yeah, that's that's probably why he's the, he's the manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two has to be. I have to go into the show. It's like Minato. Minato from Naruto Shippuden. Like, you know, Naruto's dad. The fourth Hokage. Okay. Yeah. Because that, I swear to God, that dude, he basically had the village's interest at heart and stuff. And even even though he unlocked or he locked the Ninetales Fox and his own son, if you notice, he also had some of that energy in, in him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you didn't fully put like, a, it's like putting a demon into a baby and shit, you know. You didn't fully put it just in the baby, but basically a lot more into himself as well. And then, you know, you basically, you, you trusted that your child was going to be like, okay, he's not going to let this shit overpower him. If anything, he's going to be able to control it. You know, so it's kind of like, and then with the seal, once the seal was uh, was, com- was unlocked completely, then you turn into like this evil fucking nine tails shit looking shit. Um, that's when he came out and he was like, hey, so I put my, some of my chakra in there so I could tell you what's going on and this is the story of all this. Now, I'm going to lock it again with this little bit of chakra, but this is it. You're not going to see me anymore. I'm like, I would like to do something for that, like that for my kids. Like, you know, there's some, something when I'm passed away, you know, and then they see a video or something I'm like, hey, kids, like, you know, parents always want to do something like that, especially like, you know, you love your kids. You know, leave something behind, you know. Um, but I always admired that about him, but also his fucking, his, his, his jutsu is fucking insane or his teleportation jutsu mm-hmm. with the, the, with the, with the shuriken. Like he just, he just shoves it. And as soon as it has that little paper with his teleportation jutsu written on it, oh, that shit was off the chain. I mean, obviously he was the fourth Hokage. Yeah. But still like, fuck, that shit was amazing. He managed to fucking he managed to put us to stop the nine tails attack. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I I'm sure that he didn't realize that the the backlash that was going to happen to Naruto. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, my number one from Parks and Rex, Ron Swanson. That's a really good character. Yes, bro. Like this dude. He is the man's man. He's America. He's eggs and ham all in one. And so, I mean, it's just, this dude is insane, bro. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I love love him, bro. His character. Is that the whole package? Like, the whole Nick Offerman thing? So, like, also his, his, his alter ego? Bro, like, his alter ego is so nice. Like, he's a nice guy in real life. No, I meant is the jazz musician. Oh, the jazz musician? You mean um don't tell me his name. Don't tell me his name. Um 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 Oh it's all my dog. Fuck. Um 
Um, Duke Silver. Duke Silver. Duke Silver. There you go. Yeah. It is like, like, hello, all you cool cats and ladies. It's so crazy to me when I see Nick Offerman because, like, the first, at least the first time I knew of Nick Offerman was when he was in the Lope, in the George Lopez show. Really? Oh, yeah, he was dating Benny. Yeah, he was the one dating Benny. Yeah. So that's the first time I remember of Nick Offerman, but then now, you know, obviously they made him play Ron Swanson, but yeah. he killed it. As Ron. My favorite one was when he had that circle desk and, like, oh, the, yeah. the, the lady was trying to talk to him and he just kept, like... <laughs> Bro, my shit was when he was sick and he was all covered up and bundled up and just drinking, drinking his vodka or tequila, whatever the fuck that was. No, yeah, he was he was uh, whiskey. Yeah, I, whiskey. I, I, I liked the the dynamic of him and and Leslie. Oh, yeah, it was such a. It was like they were completely two different people, but, but it was it like worked. But it was perfect for them. Yeah. So that yeah yeah Ron Swanson such a iconic character. Yeah. And I have his pop. <laughs> Gee. Which you gave me. There you go. <laughs> All right. So my my three up. So at at number three, I have Dwight Schrute. Okay. And the reason why I have Dwight Schrute, the, the one thing I love about about certain characters is like the amount of growth that they have. And I mean, Dwight obviously became was a very irritable character at the beginning. Was very loyal to to Michael and only to Michael. And then as the seasons progressed, you saw him, uh, you know, become friends with, with Pam to the point where she realized that Dwight's her best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, you know, obviously his rivalry between him and Jim became more of a friendship, like a very strong friendship between, to the point where obviously Dwight, I mean, uh, Jim was his best man. And, but I mean, the, the obvious, to me, the, the biggest growth of it was obviously, where he was able to really show his 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 feelings towards Angela, and even though that's probably a different character, another character of his own, but I mean, he grew. You, you saw him grow throughout the show, and then it was you know when it was finally that time where you're like, and it was even crazy that you're like, man, this sounds kind of crazy, but Dwight should be the manager of Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, I and so like to see him become the manager of Dunder Mifflin, it was very satisfying. I think that was such a satisfying way. To end the show was what with having Dwight finally achieve what he wanted for like the longest time in the show, and now you know he got to his dream, which is to to sell paper, you know, to be the manager of a paper business, a failing paper business, but a paper business nonetheless. Um, but you know, I, I liked I liked the growth of Dwight Schrute. I think he had he's not the one that has the biggest growth in the show. I think Pam is definitely the one that you'll say that the most, but I mean, Dwight was just such a funny Dwight, character. Dwight was actually, I think Dwight was the one, it wasn't more of a growth, it was more of like openness. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word I'm speaking for. Vulnerability? Yeah, he ended up becoming more vulnerable near the end, mm-hmm. compared to how he was at the beginning, where he was like basically shunned the whole world. If it was up to him, he'd be the do the whole shun, reshun shit to everybody in the office. Man, but what? <laughs> My favorite, my favorite line from from Dwight was uh, in the in the penis up ep- the, the episode when uh, Phil's got flashed. Oh yeah, he's like, "We're gonna put floodlights in the parking lot," and I know what you guys are thinking. Isn't that just gonna shed more light on the penises? <laughs> I don't know why I found that line so hysterical. Ah uh, shit! What's up? No, I'm saying like you know, I, I mean it's. It's hysterical. That's why I said, oh, shit. Like, it's just, 
and then he made uh and then he made Phyllis block when they were losing the weight. Yeah. He made her go on a sales call and sudden took her purse and everything. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. Um number two. Um all right, this is gonna go into to Harry Potter, but Snape, Professor Snape. That's a good one. Once again, I love characters that have growth. And obviously you you learn about how good of a person Snape really was, like how he actually did care for Harry in his own weird way, but he always, he actually did really care about him. Um, to the point where I think he didn't he name didn't Harry name his kid no way Severus right yeah Severus Snape did, did, did Harry name him that yeah he named him it was like Severus Albus Potter I okay think, I think he had three names did he name him James after his dad too I think it was like Albus Severus or Severus Albus but yeah to the point where like Harry ended up naming you know putting putting a name on his kid. Um, but no, yeah, just, just that growth. Like, you know, you, you initially like thought Snape was, was this, you know, mean, evil professor who obviously represented Slytherins because everybody for the longest time thought Slytherin were the bad guys. Yeah. And then only to find out that like what his intentions were and how, you know, how much he really was about wanting to protect Harry. Yeah. So, I mean, like. You know, so I, I, like I said, I love characters with growth, and I think Severus Snape is definitely uh, one of those that shows it. And then my number one is Vegeta. All right. I mean, at this point, you notice the trend. I love characters with growth, and Vegeta, I think, of all the shows I've ever watched, probably had the most growth out of anybody. Obviously, becoming a villain to then... um. You kind of, how you said it, like vulnerability when he finally started showing to open himself up and to like fall in love, even, you know, to a human being and to be a father. And you just, you know, you, you started to see Vegeta become, even though he was like, I am the principal of Saiyans. That and just like, I mean, the fact that he once viewed uh, Goku as like an enemy to the point where he now, he was basically like his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, what? I still remember when he showed up into Earth. He's like, I think he was like referring to like Tien and Krillin and Yamcha. Like, wow. Well, talking about like how they were, they were the inferior race. Mm-hmm. Like, these humans, these earthlings, they're the inferior race. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, no. I was like, no, Vegeta, no. But then, like, I mean, the, the best episode, I think, is when, um, uh, I mean, you know, obviously, when after the tournament was going on, where Goku and him were having their fight. Oh yeah, and then he gave up his life to try to save everybody from Majin Buu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a tearjerker. He's like, he's like telling Piccolo to take his uh, take his son with him with the Goten and stuff to fly away. My thing is like, man, what did he do? Did he like shit fucking Powerball out? Is that why he blew up? Because like, he just but like, I think that was that moment where you finally realized like. You know, Vegeta, you know, Vegeta's now, now vulnerable. It was, no, it's not even that. Like, I think you realize that even with the Majin thing, all he really wanted was just, he wanted to test his unlocked potential because he never, he never really fully unlocked it, even at Super Saiyan 2. Because think about it, when he went Super Saiyan 2, 
that was actually when he was Majin Vegeta. Because in the first one, it was Super Saiyan 1. Then he turned into Super Vegeta, not Super Saiyan 2, when it was Cell. So all he did was just get super bulky. And his hair did grow out a little bit, yeah, and he had the electrical thing. But I don't think that was actually considered Super Saiyan 2. It was considered Super Vegeta. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you basically lost a lot of speed, but you gained a lot of strength. So in the end, I think when he reached Majin Vegeta, he peaked into Super Saiyan 2, and Goku was already at Super Saiyan 2 at that point when he came back uh, for a day for the World uh, Martial Arts Tournament. So, I mean, it did it, 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 it kind of also push him past his limits, but then he, at the end of it all, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, I guess I beat Kakarot, so he's like, fuck it. Even though it was a fucking cheap move where right in that fucking neck. Uh, I woke up, bro, bro. He's like, what's going on? Bro. Like, one eye is closed and the other one's open. That's so weird. Oh, he's got, like, four with a guy? Yeah. And, all right, so anyways, so to, to kind of restate it, your your top three were uh, Michael Scott and Minato and Ron fucking Swanson. And then my three were uh, Dwight Schrute, right. Severus Snape, yes. and Vegeta. I approve. So, I mean, I like the, I like this approach. Obviously, once we're more, you obviously prepare yourself a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I try to basically wing it. Hopefully no breaking news happens next time, but no, I think this is actually a pretty cool thing to do. I mean, obviously it's just one topic, but it, it it's able to like, I, I like it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I like it. All right, man. So that is the show. Um, I want to give a shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. Obviously, we're part of Unhinged Sports Network. You can catch us on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Um, obviously, also check them out on their website at, at Unhinged Sports unhingesn.com, my bad, unhingesn.com. Go check them out. There's always something playing as soon as you get on the website, so go ahead and check them out. You can go ahead, check us out there, but as well, check out all the other great programs that they have available there as well. Um, Also, follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. I want to give a shout out to Alejandro Gomez, who created our logo. Alejandro! Okay. If you want uh, a logo created for yourself or for your business, Go ahead and follow her on Instagram at Alagomas Graphics. Once again, that's at Alagomas Graphics. Just hit her up, tell her that you're looking to create a logo, and she'll she'll do it for you, man. She's she's really good. All right, and shout out to our producer, beat maker, karaoke dude, and apparently maybe a singer, <laughs> Roosevelt Spencer. Uh, obviously, he provides the beats for this podcast for our intro and outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also. Produce, uh, also produces the show. Make sure that we sound pretty good. So you can follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, it's at that guy dope. So you can hit him up there. And if you guys are looking to do some sort of collaboration, I'm sure he'll, he'll work with you for that as well. All right, man. So thank you guys for listening. Um, next week's show, I'm a little excited. Um, I don't know about you, but we do have an interview lined up for next week's episode. That yeah, I think it's gonna be not only big for us but just just an, another opportunity for us to get better each day but so I'm not going to tell you who it is but it is uh, someone that I think is pretty popular on YouTube as far as the soccer world goes so um, hopefully you guys are excited for that interview I, I have to bone up on my MLS oh he's a, he's a general soccer guy oh okay but, Yay. but anyways so that is the show thank you guys for listening and hope you guys listen to us next week <laughs>
right, guys, take care. Have a good one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.